Run them jewels fast, run them, run them jewels fast, run them, 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 fuck the slow mo. Fashion slave, you protested to get in a fucking look book. Everything I scribbles like the anarchist book book. Look good, posing in the center for the book book. Black on black on black, wait, the ski mask that is my crook book. How you like my styling, bro? Ain't nobody smiling, bro. About to turn this motherfucker up like Rikers Island, bro. Where my thuggers and my cripples and my blooders and my brothers. When you niggas gon' unite and kill the police motherfuckers or take over a jail. Get them CO's hell. The burning of that sofa, goddamn, I love the smell. Like it's the pillow torching, where the fuck the warden? And when you find them, we don't kill them, we just waterboard them We killing them for freedom, cause they tortured us for boredom And even if some good was that, fuck it, the Lord will sort them we, we out of order, your honor, you out of order This old court is unimportant, you fuckers are walking Yo, 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 what up everybody, what up, what up, what up Welcome, 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 welcome to the Hood Podcast I'm your gracious host Mitchell Brown Thank y'all for joining me this evening, this morning, this afternoon, whenever you listen to this podcast. If this is your first time listening to the Hood Lesney Podcast, subscribe, rate, and comment. We're on um, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Play, Pocket Casts, um, Google Play. I say Stitcher Play? Spotify, all that wonderful stuff. We're there. We are there. <clears throat> Man, we're here too. We're here too. We're here now. I feel good. I hope you guys feel good. Um cold as fuck, right? Wherever you are, I don't know where you are, but wherever you are, it's cold as fuck, right? Um, let me see, 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 let me see. Where, where, where are we going to start? Let me check my docket, right? I, I try to take notes and be organized. Listen, we're going to talk a lot about um, credibility this episode, right? Somebody once told me that credibility was a lot like insurance, and that you don't know when you're going to need it, but when you need it, you can never have too much of it. And <clears throat> the credibility this week, credibility has been the theme of this week to me, right? Let me see if I can fix this mic a little bit. Credibility has been the theme of the week to me um, in that we've been arguing about everything we get information from mainly sources that um, that we control right we all live in our own little bubbles and shit like that shit that we create you know what I mean and this information is fed to us we get spoon fed information some good some bad from whatever but if this week taught me anything it taught me that like the food we eat, we have no idea where this shit's coming from. All right? If you're an American, if you're listening to this and you were born in America and you were born in some type of urban or suburban environment, you've probably never, ever seen your food living. Right? I mean, maybe you go down to, you know, you know, South Carolina to go visit your grandmother. And, you know, she have you and your uncle 
go out back and catch a chicken. And, she, you know, you might see the chicken and shit walking around that you about to eat. But for the most of us, we ain't never seen no chicken that we ate. We may have seen chickens, but not any that we was going to eat. Therefore, the question that I ask, how do you know you're eating chicken? Right? If you've never seen it, how you know you're eating it? Somebody told you that it's chicken, and this is supposed to be what chicken tastes like, and we just believe it. Yeah, 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 this is chicken. Yeah, 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 that's chicken. And the chicken everywhere tastes the same. So we're told. So we're told. How we know it's chicken? People going crazy for, for them Popeye sandwiches. How we know that's chicken? I ain't never seen no chicken shaped like, you know, you know what I'm saying? What, right? So, boom. Let's start with um, that billboard list, right? I feel like every week we start with music, and that works. We're going to start with that billboard. Uh, billboard came out with the 100 best albums of the decade, the 2010s. As we wind down the 2010s, right? The 2010s and the 2010s or whatever. Um, billboard put out <clears throat> the top 100 albums and... Not bad. Not bad. As somebody that's tried to put a list together, you know, you know, when when the when the top fifty MCs came out, you know, I sat down and I legitimately tried to put a list down. And every time I would go over the list, I'd be like, "Oh damn, I'm forgetting somebody," or you know, "Damn, I can't have so and so ranked over so and so because you know what I'm saying? something something to that effect, right? You got to decide who's solo and who's not, right? Like, like you know, a lot of people got Andre 3000 and they top whatever. Andre never dropped a solo album, though. And, you know, the project that he kind of had to his own, what he rapped on two songs. You know what I'm saying? So it's hard for someone like me to put Andre at my top, right? Versus somebody like a prodigy, for example, who came out with solo albums, multiple solo albums. Now, do I think that Prodigy is a better um, rapper than Andre 3000? Yeah he, yeah, yeah, he might be a better rapper. Is he a better artist? He's not a better artist. Solo artist, but then again, Andre was never a solo artist. You know what I'm saying? So it's very difficult to put these lists together. I'm not going to go in depth about mine, but I'm going to kind of do this in reverse order, talk about some of the things that stuck out to me about this Billboard list. <clears throat> and already number one, they did a pretty good job with number one. My Twisted Dark Fantasy was a hell of an album. Hell of an album. Outstanding album. Also, the last time we've seen Kanye West. Um, and to me, this album came from Heartbreak. Like, 808 to the Heartbreak came from, from you know, the, the, the passing of, of his mom, or at least that inspiration came from that. But this album came from he and Amber Rose. And he let it go. He let it go in this project. Album, album's great. I still listen to this album. Classic album. Kanye West, My Beautiful, Dark Twisted Fantasy. Fantastic album. I have nothing bad to say about the album. I like every song on the album. I bump the album. I've... I, I like the album so much, 
I memorized Nicki Minaj's verse on Monster. Because that verse went hard. Pull up in a Monster automobile, automobile gang, said, with a bad bitch, came to Sri Lanka, yam in a tonka, color really wonka, you could be the king, but watch a queen conquer. I, she killed that shit. The worst thing about that album was probably Jay-Z's verse on Monster. Right? I, I, don't, I, I don't think he got the memo to what that song really was. Right, even had like the little short little Rick Ross cameo. You know what I'm saying? Number two, Lemonade. <clears throat> Not unhappy with that choice. Can't really go wrong there. Right, with King Beyonce, can't really go wrong there. You know what I'm saying? Um, <clears throat> damn. Channel Orange, meh. I'm okay. Taylor Swift. I've never listened to a Taylor Swift album. Number five surprised the hell out of me. Number five was or is To Pimp a Butterfly. I love To Pimp a Butterfly. Now, am I going to go as far as to say To Pimp a Butterfly is a better album than Good Kid, Mad City? Yeah. Yeah. Or at least I like it better than Good Kid, Mad City. To Pimp a Butterfly, I mean... The problem with To Pimp a Butterfly is the fact that you can't have that album on in the background. Like, you got to listen to that album. Album is very dense. It's a lot going on, a lot musically, a lot sonically, right? Um, but you, you don't go wrong. To me, at least, I can I you know that's a that's a that's a great road trip album. You put it on, it start with Wesley's theory. Every nigga's a star, and you know just just it's it's a it's a fantastic album, to me. I don't I have no idea who Casey Musgraves is. Um, Rihanna anti. Now I'm I'm not mad at that being in in the top ten. I mean, with the magnitude of of a star that Rihanna is, I'd probably say anti's the best work of hers that I've heard. Um, and that's another album that I listen to today. Never listened to an Ariana Grande song. I have no idea who this Robin person is. And Adele 21 rounds up the top 10, right? I do have an issue with, um, Cardi B being over Good Kid, Mad City being over Take Care. Um, but you know, it's Billboard, Right. Um, we got some Lady Gaga. We got Scissor at twenty-two. We got Watch the Throne at twenty-four. Nah, uh, yeah, I guess. Um, then you got Blonde at twenty-eight. And I, don't, I, don't, I don't really agree with that. I don't really know. You know, what I mean, Blonde was kind of uh, underwhelming to me. Uh, Janelle Monae, Dirty Computer at thirty-two. Chance the Rapper to twenty thirteen. That D'Angelo album at thirty-six. Uh, I, I wasn't feeling that D'Angelo album too much. I'm going through this list so I can get to 40. And 40 is one of the greatest trap albums, if not the greatest trap album ever. Right? And and aha, I like that. That's that's clever. Good job, Christine Worthman. Bitch, I'ma choose this dirty over you. You know I ain't scared to lose you. This this is this is another album that came from heartbreak. Ciara chose to get off that narcotic and find her a man that was about something. And she, you know, decides to leave Future 
for Russell Wilson. Great choice by Sierra. Sparked. She influenced a whole lot of women to want to do better in choosing the niggas that they open their legs to. Good job for her. Gave us a lot of conversation where, you know, all the slime balls and all the level-headed niggas would argue about who would win in a fist fight. Y'all know where I stand. Ain't no rapper beating a pro athlete in a fist fight. I don't give a fuck who this pro pro athlete is. I don't give a fuck who this rapper is. Ain't no rapper. No rapper beating a pro athlete in a fist fight. Period. But Dirty Sprite 2... Again, something else that I still play. Dirty Sprite 2 had a lot of niggas, too, going out there dropping $180 on some goddamn Gucci slides just so we could have in our Instagram caption, I just fucked your bitch in some Gucci flip-flops. Dirty Sprite 2 did that. Dirty Sprite 2 did that. Um, what else? Uh, it's, it's a whole lot of Drake... Then we got like Kendrick Lamar Dam in forty eight, and then and then and then and then fifty Taylor Swift, Anderson Pack Malibu Malibu should not be fifty two. Malibu is outstanding, still outstanding. Four forty four should not be fifty three. Uh, Tyler the Creator Igor Igor is a good album. It's at fifty four. Meh. Igor is a good album though. Um, Pusha T, Daytona, 58, eh. My only issue with that, with, with that was like the seven songs. They got Yeezus at 62, and that's not really, I mean, you know, I, they got Lizzo up here. I've never listened to Lizzo. Lizzo got in some hot water, too, with, um, I don't, I don't remember. But, uh, let me see, what else, what else? Ray Shrimmin, Shrim Life, not bad. Bruno Mars, 24K Magic, okay, Mac Miller 70 RIP. Um uh, let me see what else, what else, what else? We got anybody else I give a shit about? Lil Vert? Nah. Does Adele name all of her albums after her age? Because 25 is number 78. I think Adele is a good singer. I'm not necessarily, you know, a, a fan, but she's good at her job. Uh Astro World number eighty three. I would have liked it to be higher, or or but I mean then again, there's a lot of shit up here I haven't listened to. I don't even know anything about. I don't know shit about boxing for most of this list. J Cole eighty five Forest Hill Drive. Uh, I I I think that Forest Hill Drive had a larger impact than the Astro World did personally. Childish Gambino at eighty nine. Um, Nipsey Hustle Victory Lap ninety four. I would put ninety. I'll, I'll put victory lap a little, a little bit higher. Um, but yeah, not a bad list for Billboard. Uh, I'm not going to say Billboard is any, you know what I mean? It ain't like they're fucking stretching Bobito or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? You're not really going to get much from Billboard. Um, we had an award show, Soul Train Awards, right? And oh, this is what I wanted to talk about. That's right. I don't even have it written down. 14 minutes in. Listen, I get it where we are in a culture where we got to watch what we say and we got to be sensitive and we got to, you know what I'm saying? All of that shit. But like, y'all need to chill with this anxiety thing. 
And for the people that suffer from anxiety, I'm doing the air quotes. Y'all need to chill. I got, I, got, I got theories about anxiety the same as I got theories about food allergies. Right? That shit only comes to privileged people. That shit is first world problems when you have anxiety. Right? I, I mean, I mean you, you got to think about it. In most parts of the world, people... You know, got to travel some distance for fresh water. And um, if you check out the thing Rotten on Netflix, I'm going to talk about Netflix a little bit later. If you check out the, uh, the, the show Rotten, they, they talk about the you know people in certain parts of the African continent. I don't remember the country. I want to say Nigeria, but I don't, I don't want to uh, talk down on Nigeria if I'm wrong. But people um, walk miles for water. And it's a stretch of highway that, you know, some people have to cross to get from their, you know, village, from their home to the water supply and back. And some people lose their life. They get hit by cars, trucks, what have you. And then guess what motherfuckers got to do the next day? Wake up and go get some water. Because they can't afford to be anxious about it. Like, nigga, if we're going to be anxious, we ain't not going to drink, nigga. So, <clears throat> you come to the United States. You got people that willingly make music. And, and listen, I'm not somebody that's subscribing to that whole concept of, uh, you know, like um, that young girl was a stripper. And because that young girl used to used to take part in the naked hustle, that she shouldn't have anxiety. As somebody that used to work security in a strip club, um, I see how these women cope with uh, their temporary occupation. So... You know, there are coping mechanisms that strippers are sometimes, um, what's the word? Sometimes they're uh, pressured into using so that they can cope with the abuse of that job. That's a very abusive job. Um, But listen, you got social anxiety and shit about being around people. Don't come to the award show. You don't have to come to the award show. And I'm glad that we've evolved. Fuck anybody that says that we haven't made progress as a society. Um, I remember when Ricky Williams used to do interviews when he played for the University of Texas in his helmet because he was anxious about talking to people. I remember Randy Moss at the Heisman ceremony with sunglasses on. All ceremony. Because some people say because, you know, he was uh, puffing on the devil's lettuce. But I believe it was some type of uh, anxiety. And we used to make fun of these motherfuckers. We had jokes for these. Listen, if you was a little anxious, we called you a bitch. You was a bitch. Man up, bitch ass nigga. You only got to. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, people would, you know, say, well, shit, if I was making the money Ricky Williams was making, I'd be able to. And, and, and that's difficult to say now. Right? But if you got social anxiety, Ms. Walker, don't come to the award show. And for the other artists 
that are that that will come up after the the Summer Walkers and the Ari Lennoxes, use them as a template, right? Maybe this young woman is contractually obligated to be at the award show as per her label deal. But there was a time when we used to coach people, we used to prepare people, we used to have media training for this. And I guess with the speed of artistry, the speed of music, um, it's difficult to do that because you can't really grow an artist the way you used to, right? We, we, we didn't have any, you know, it, it doesn't appear that we have any artist development, you know what I mean? Somebody might be good at making music, they may be talented, they may be sitting up in their bedroom, their basement, their apartment, their friend's apartment, their cousin's apartment, their boyfriend's apartment, whomever's apartment. Make this music on their phone, put it up on their SoundCloud, people like it, there's an organic following behind this, and next thing you know, you're sitting in Leo Cohen's office and he talking about how he's going to rape your pockets. Not necessarily saying he's going to rape your pockets, but he's talking about how, you know what I'm saying? That's kind of where we are, but because that's where we are, a lot of people don't have the time to develop. A lot of people don't have the time to work on their craft to become better artists. I mean, maybe about like a month ago, Ari Lennox was talking about, damn, I didn't realize this shit was this much work. Yeah, bitch, it is. That's why everybody doesn't do it. Because it's fucking work. That's what being a professional is all about. That's why Beyonce is Beyonce, motherfucker. Because not everybody could do that shit. That's why Beyonce is Beyonce and Keisha Cole is Keisha Cole. No disrespect to Keisha Cole. But she ain't Beyonce. Right? That's why LeBron James is LeBron James and Ira Nubel is Ira fucking Nubel. You see what I'm saying? Because people, it's a different caliber of professionalism when you get there. Granted, I'm talking about people that are young artists, like Summer Walker's a young artist. And quite frankly, it took me a while to, to even listen to Summer Walker's music because there's so many people in entertainment that have come and gone that have been named Summer Walker. Some of the fellas in their 30s and 40s that listen to this might be familiar with the Summer Walker that is or was um, an actress, and I'm doing that with air quotes. This was pre-Cam Soda. Um, so it took me a while to listen to Summer Walker because I see Summer Walker and I was like... Pfft. I don't want to hear her talk. I don't want to hear her sing. I ain't even realize she, she made music. Damn, good for her. She was able to flip her old job into being a recording artist. You know what I'm saying? But it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a different Summer Walker. Right? But there's a certain um, professionalism that people have to have. Right? And, and while we're on the topic of professionalism you guys may have heard about uh this alley the the alley alexi mccammond if you don't know who alexi mccammond is oh alexi mccammond oh, she's a black woman oh no baby oh no that's not it 
Alexi McCammy's a, a oh motherfucker. She might be she 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 you know she might be one of them black women. I'd be like I ain't black like nigga. I'm uh, Italian and Jamaican type. You know the motherfuckers. But um, <laughs> Alexi McCammy, you know the motherfuckers. I'm black and Portuguese and fucking my you know I'm, oh I'm Greek and French and uh, Creole and Puerto Rican. Motherfucker, like, bitch, you black. Fuck you, bitch. But, um, <laughs> this woman put out a tweet um, about Charles Barkley and um, an off color remark that Charles Barkley made. She admitted that this was off the record. And off the record used to mean something when journalists meant something. Somebody said something off the record. You don't publish that shit. You know what I'm saying? But she tweeted out um, Charles Barkley and, and, and fucking, let me see if I can find a fucking tweet. Let me see if I can find a tweet. I don't want to tell her any, um, oh, what is this? What is this? Okay, this is just, this is, oh, 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 this reads bias. I don't know who wrote this. This is from uh, USA Today, written by Lorenzo Reyes. Call Vargas Root Reyes. They said they down for whatever. Um, here we go. FYI, Charles Barkley told me tonight, I don't hit women, but if I did, I would hit you. And then when I objected to that, he told me I couldn't take a joke. Now, is Charles wrong for saying uh, he would hit this young woman if he hit women? Yeah. Does this even read like a joke? It does read like a joke. I get it. Some people may not take it as a joke. But if you, if you know, listen, Charles Barkley is the lovable idiot. That's, that's his, that's his shtick. And it's amazing, the reinvention, because now people don't even remember what a hell of an athlete Charles Barkley was. He was a damn fine basketball player. But, uh, right, so th- th- this woman who, is a professional journalist for Axios. She covers, um, she covers the uh, the the campaigns and shit, right? She's a political journalist, and you know, off the record used to mean something. Somebody said something was off the record, bitch. You kind of gotta be cool. You kind of can't publish it. But, you know, this is the era of the clout chase. This is the era of the outrage. And the shit backfired on her. I thought that this woman was a white woman based off of the name. But, um, I mean, I mean, she, she she know now that she ain't no white woman. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She learned today, bitch. You feel me? Um, but, you know, apparently somebody dug up some tweets about her, about things that she said in the past, which is, which is, which is whack as fuck. To be real, but that's but that's where we at. And um, is this is this a good picture of her? Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, this does look. Oh, this does look like a woman that was told that she wasn't black enough for the black kids or white enough for the white kids. Oh man, oof, wow, this is a bikini picture. This is an unflattering bikini picture. 
Oh, baby. Oh, yeah. She got her a zaddy, too. Oh, yeah. She got her a zaddy. Okay. Um, all right. So let me see. Let me see. Let me see. What am I going to say about this without sounding too uh, misogynistic? <laughs> um, listen. People talking about this racist tweets. If this woman's black, black people can't be racist. Prejudice, yes. Black people can't be racist. That's another conversation. Now, baby, this is what you get. When, you know, this is what you get. Her outrage machine backfired on her. Fucked up, yeah. Should people be sending out messages to this woman, threatening her, calling her a nigger and all types of shit? No, absolutely not. That's disgusting. But you put this out about a man, um, especially a man that doesn't have social media. So it, it's not even like he could respond and we can get some type of back and forth going on the Twitter. Charles ain't got no social media. So you put this out about dude for who, for what. And because you might look a certain way doing the job that you do, you open yourself up for, you know what I'm saying, the... Uh, uh, what's the guy's name? The the fucking asshole white guy. Uh, the Mike Cernoviches and and the the um shit man. The other the other the the Breitbart's those assholes. You open yourself up for that. And listen, those guys you know those guys they don't like women as it is, especially black women at least not publicly. Um. So yeah, they got at her a lot and you know the other soft pussy ass motherfuckers on the internet that get offended and shit by the movies on disney plus that were made 54 fucking years ago um they got at her too and i honestly don't think what she said was all that offensive about the swollen asian eyes thing i thought you know what because i seen earlier where like she has said nigga in one of her tweets I was like, oh, yeah, nah, then, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you got this white chick saying nigga. And, you know, I mean, like how all white people that listen to Lil Wayne and shit say nigga. I, that's what I thought until I've really seen a picture of what this young woman looks like. I mean, she can say nigga. She, made, uh, she, she definitely feel like a nigga now. Um, but hopefully shit don't backfire. But she was trying to get Barkley to apologize. And Barkley did apologize through Turner Sports and TNT. Um, but then she ended up having to apologize. Listen, people, um, as somebody with a regular Twitter account, I'm, I, I got a regular account. I ain't verified or nothing like that. Um, and if you're not following me on Twitter, my Twitter handle is my name. My socials are my government name. But listen, let's say this podcast thing blows up, right? And I'm, and, and I'm saying I'm, I'm, the, I'm the new Joe Rogan. You bet your sweet ass I'm starting all the fuck over. Right, so pull up all of the uh, all of the wild shit that I was saying in 2012. You know what I'm saying? Pull up, pull pull up all the shit I said about my ex girlfriend in 2011 on my Twitter. Pull that shit up now and hold on to that shit, nigga, because if at Mitchell Brown underscore ever gets verified, we scrubbing, deep cleaning, scrubbing, starting at zero, motherfucker. You hear me? And that's only right. Speaking of starting at zero, Melo's back, y'all. Melo's back, playing for Portland. 
rocking the double zero, and I'm happy for Melo. I'm happy for Melo. It this Melo story is a fan is another wonderful story in the early part of this NBA season. We got that story cracking. We got the Toronto Raptors who are still good and we barely know who plays for them. We got that cracking. We got uh uh the Zion Williamson playing, not playing, when he gonna play, cracking. We got John Morant already solidifying his 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 role as MVP. Excuse me, uh, rookie of the year, cracking. The Chicago Bulls look like they finally made a decent draft pick in Kobe White, Goldtar Hills, cracking. And this is before we even talking about the big shit. Before we said to say anything about the big shit, right? And the big shit being the stars. The NBA rebounded wonderfully after that whole China debacle. But the stars carry the league. We got James Harden out here, you know, putting up numbers that are only comparable to Wilt Chamberlain. And that means something. When the only people we could compare you to is Wilt, nigga. We got the two L.A. teams. Right, we got LeBron being LeBron, leading the league in assists with Anthony Davis. I mean, what the fuck is Anthony Davis shooting for the field right now? Let me uh look up basketball. And shout out to good folks at Basketball Reference also. Basketballreference.com. I salute you guys. You guys put out a hell of a website. Right? Let me let me uh look up what Anthony Davis is hitting for right now. Anthony Davis, um, forty-eight percent from the field, twenty-five points. I, I thought I, I, I thought I'd be a little bit more impressed with him in these thirteen games. Eighty-six percent from the free throw line, though. That's wonderful, right? Um, they got his block numbers up there. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really want to pull it out, but let me see. Three point one blocks a game. Listen, what the Lakers have defensively. It's incredible, right? You got your Avery Bradley, willing defender. Your KCP, willing defender, right? At this stage of LeBron's career, you don't really want him to expend the energy playing defense as he once did when he was with the Heat. But keep keep that in mind about the uh, the backcourt defense, a dominant backcourt defense really goes a long way. But you're funneling that. You're funneling all of this to your Anthony Davis's outstanding shot blocker, outstanding defender. Your Dwight Howard, outstanding shot blocker, outstanding defender. And JaVale McGee. Who, I mean, you know, as big and, as, as big and athletic as he is, he, he, he can disrupt some things at the rim. This is the Lakers template, and I believe they're the, you know, they're, they're the top defensive team in the league currently. If there's one if, it's the fact that they're an older team. But you compare them to a Clippers squad, right, whose backcourt defensively 
is the best you could, you know, maybe the best in the history of the NBA. Maybe. Listen, I'm a fan of Russell Westbrook. I love Russell Westbrook. But I don't agree with Russell Westbrook when he says Pat Beverly don't play no defense. Pat Beverly played deep. He say, oh, well, how well of a defensive job did he do tonight? James Harden dropped 46. Yeah, but not when Pat Beverly was guarded. Pat Beverly guarded James Harden very well. He just wasn't, that just wasn't Pat's matchup majority of the night. And I mean, shit, James Harden's good enough to drop 46 on anybody. Good defense or not. But the Clippers potentially, their fourth quarter lineup could be, you know, Pat Beverly, Lou Williams, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and, you know, whatever. So what are your ball handlers going to do? With Paul George, elite perimeter defender, Kawhi Leonard, elite, maybe the elitist of perimeter defenders, Pat Beverly, who can play for my team any day of the fucking week. Because they played Boston the other night. And the people that Paul, it was the first time when uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard played. The people that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard guarded, they went six for 36. I I don't believe Boston made a three-point field goal in the first half. And Boston's a good club. They're the best club in the East. I believe it was the second game that they lost all season since the first game of the year when they lost to Philadelphia. And another storyline that I think will be growing in the season's NBA is, is Brad Stevens a good coach? Or is Brad Stevens only a good coach with mediocre players? Part of being a good coach professionally isn't really the X and O so much, isn't really the scheme as it is managing the egos. Right? So you compare Boston this year, which, which you know, the only difference is there's no Al Horford, which, you know, is to Brad Stevens' detriment, um, considering the player that Al Horford is. But there's also no Kyrie Irving. They basically swapped Kyrie and Scary Terry for Kemba Walker. And while I maintain that Kyrie Irving might be the most overrated player in the NBA, Kyrie Irving's a superstar. Um, why I, while I'm a fan of Kemba Walker, Kemba Walker's not as good of a player as Kyrie Irving is. But he looks better. The team looks better. Is it because Brad Stevens couldn't manage Kyrie's ego? Kyrie's personality? There's only a select few guys that can manage superstar egos. And they have different methods for going about it. You know, like Phil Jackson had the whole Zen thing and he would really find a way to fuck with you psychologically to kind of bring out that dog in you. Not to mention he had people that were outright psychos that he coached. Michael Jordan is a fucking psycho. Kobe Bryant's a fucking psycho. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Shaq, I don't, while I don't think Shaq's a psycho, Shaq's one of the greatest athletes ever. If, you know, you look at his size and the way he was able to move for years. Outstanding athlete. Greg Popovich, his approach was, I'm treating all you motherfuckers the same. I'm spazzing on Tim Duncan the same way I'm spazzing on Gary Neal. And it takes some willingness from your superstar also to get spazzed on. Tim Duncan, his personality type was one where as though you was I getting spazzed on. Popovich won a championship with Kawhi Leonard. It doesn't appear you could spaz on Kawhi. 
doesn't appear that Ka- that that Kawhi is beat to be getting spazzed on. I see that to say if we're gonna put if Brad Stevens is gonna be this elite coach that we claim Brad Stevens is or that we want to make him, motherfucker gonna have to start winning with great players. That's what he gonna have to do. This can't be out here coaching up scrubs, right? But that's what pro pro coaches have to do. It ain't really the X and O so much. Yeah, if you're coaching a young team, maybe. You know what I'm saying? But when you're coaching professionals, you gotta, you gotta, you, you, you gotta let them be professional. Right? Um, shit, you know what? Might as well, might as well fucking hop into it. Speaking of being professional or letting them be professional, let's talk about this Colin Kaepernick thing. I'm gonna take a sip of water. <clears throat> talk about this Colin Kaepernick thing, right? Now, with this Colin Kaepernick thing, what we've seen is a lot of uncredible journalism. Right? I'm not even I'm I'm not gonna talk so much about what, what you know like Screaming A. Smith was doing. Um but a lot of uncredible journalism. Right. And, you know, that's what it is. That's all it is today. Is uncredible journalism. We don't even know, like, like, like now I see with those, you know, Kellyanne Conway and all those, you know what I'm saying? Alternative facts and all that shit. Yo, this is where we at. Right. So I follow a man by the name of Howard Bryant. Howard Bryant, a great journalist, works for ESPN, um, good writer, right? He tweeted out, because he was there in Flowery Branch, Georgia, at the Falcons facility, and he tweeted out some facts, which I thought were important. We, we got to get the facts before we assess our fucking opinions. And a lot of us assess opinions and live our life on misinformation or half information. And it shows in the type of adults that we are, the, the, the lack of preparation. And, and I'm speaking about myself when I say the lack of preparation that we put into things that we're supposedly, uh, uh, that we want people to believe we care about. And now I'm not speaking about myself. Now I'm speaking about all of us as a whole, right? We don't prepare for the shit that we say we care about. You feel what I'm saying? And I mean, those numbers are reflected in how, how we operate as a society. We don't prepare to have children. We just get a bitch pregnant. We don't prepare for shit. We just hope, you know what I'm saying? We just hope we can hit a lick and, and, and come up on some shit. That's why when people get in the positions of success that they wish that they would achieve, that they hope that they would attain... They're not prepared for it, and they blame it on the social anxiety or whatever the fuck else they want to blame it for. They want to blame it on. John Maxwell told me that you'll only succeed as high as your self-image, and if by some mistake you achieve higher than what your self-image is, you're going to fuck it up. Right? So let me go back to Howard Bryant. And I saw Howard Bryant tweet, the two waivers are not close to being identical in meaning. 
2001 and 2011. He was a rookie, not yet part of the NFL. Key point. So you got Screaming A. Smith up there waving around some waiver that Colin Kaepernick signed in 2011. Little do we know, most little do most people know, Colin Kaepernick was a rookie. That was going into his rookie year. He wasn't in the NFL yet. So that's something completely different than where we are now. 1A, how the fuck does Stephen A. Smith get a copy of what's supposed to be confidential? What's up with the NFL doing this? Right? Um, blah, 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 blah. Where, 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 where is it? Where is it? Where is it? What else? What else? What else? What else? And you, you know what? I don't, I, don't, I, I don't need to go much in depth because I already know what I'm going to say. You got lawyers, right? People that are versed in contracts. Or, or, or contract language, language in the contracts, saying that, you know, if they allow their client to sign this document, it's legal malpractice. Now, I get it. Most of the people that look like me that are mad about this feel like, yo, you, you, sometimes you got to bite the bullet and not have things go your way. Every single time I see people siding with management, when you're not in a position of management, I got to call you a sucker. I got to look at you like a sucker. Unless there's some ulterior nefarious motive behind it. Homie doesn't trust the NFL. Quite frankly, the NFL doesn't trust Kaepernick. So, hey, buddy. You sued us before. We had to pay you before. We don't want you to sue us again, and we don't want to pay you again. So, hey, let's try to slip this agreement in and have them sign this. I'm not going to go into the fact of the short notice aspect of it. Because that, it, that in itself was janky. I talked about it last week, how it was janky. It didn't make sense to me. I thought it was a publicity stunt. Sidebar, where are you niggas talking at seat at the table? Look at what Jay-Z, Jay-Z's influence, as well as Screaming A. Smith now is talking about he was a part of the group that, I mean, he very well could have been a part of the group, but I don't believe you, nigga. Right? So much for that seat at the table horse shit that y'all niggas like to throw around so much. Um... One thing that I agree 100% is with Kaepernick is, yo, who's going to film this? Uh, we want to film it. Is this going to be published? We don't want y'all to send out some doctored video to the club of, you know, Mike Worst throws or whatever. And I feel him on that. And the NFL's approach is, yo, we're going to try to treat this as regular as, as, as an occasion as we can, irregardless of the simple fact that um, we're holding this trial on Saturday. Now, I had some questions of my own answered in that why couldn't any other team bring him in? Well, these teams didn't bring him in because all of these motherfuckers are chicken shit. Hey, white people, the NFL thinks you're racist because their reason for not 
for 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 not having teams to bring him in individually is because that has to go through uh, the NFL operations. That list is made public to the media, and people can say, "Oh, so and so is coming in to such and such to work out with the Bengals." So-and-so's coming in on this date to work out with the Cardinals. So-and-so's coming in to work out with the Chargers, so on and so forth. So to avoid the media scrum behind that or the supposed media scrum that this Colin Kaepernick thing was supposed to bring up, teams chose not to do it that way. Right? Something that I learned. But also, also, teams showed up. There were teams that showed up. But without this waiver being signed, Kaepernick decided to still have the workout, just at a different location. And people in the NFL felt like he never was going to do this, never was serious about doing this because they were able to find a location to do this. And they were working on this other location because they felt like, yo, we put all of this in we got to get something out of it. Finds the location, Charles Drew High School in Riverdale, Georgia, which is as close to a 180-degree difference from Hall County, Flowery Branch, as you can get. And the way he got into this facility, held a Know Your Rights camp, in the A, met some connections there. One of the people that he met at his Know Your Rights camp has a relationship with somebody at Charles Drew High School, plugged him up with the superintendent. Boom, we were there to go. What this turned into was a YouTube workout for Colin Kaepernick. And as somebody that supports Colin Kaepernick, my question is, nigga, if you was going to do a YouTube workout, why the fuck did you wait three years to do it? Granted, this was something that was rushed, but yo, if you if you had the capabilities of doing a YouTube workout, doing your own workout, live streaming it on YouTube, I watched some of it. He looks as good as an NFL quarterback throwing against air should look, in my opinion. I wouldn't have waited this long to do that. I ain't mad at him for doing that. I would like to believe that I would have made the same choice that he made. I probably wouldn't have worn that T-shirt. But I'm not mad at homie for wearing it. I feel like Colin Kaepernick, even though, you know, he seems credible and well-versed. Maybe he's not qualified to, to speak on a hot microphone about some of the issues, some of the things that uh, affect him. Maybe he feels like he's not qualified enough to do that, so he doesn't. Therefore, he wears his message with the Kuta Kente shirt, with the, the Fidel Castro and all that. Maybe he's trying to tell his own version, his own story in his own way, which he has the prerogative to do. But the people that are, I don't want to say anti-Kaepernick, but the people that are against him, Y'all need to chill. And I'm not talking about the white people that are against him. By the way, Howard Bryant, 
told me that the overwhelming majority of people that were out there at the Flowery Branch f- facility were there in support of Kaepernick. The media didn't report that, but if there were people out there, if the majority, if the overwhelming majority of people there were against protesting and all that, you best your sweet ass in the NFL would use that as an excuse. See, this is why we can't have them. And then they moved the shit to the high school in, 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 in uh, fucking Riverdale. No people protesting there. Granted, you ain't going to get too many people to protest against Colin Kaepernick in that part of Georgia. You should and will get a lot of people to protest against Colin Kaepernick in, you know, the flowery branch part of Georgia. Right? But, I mean, listen. What's wrong with people being black, supporting black issues, supporting black shit, shit that outwardly affects black people? What's wrong with that in America? All of the black people that are listening to this right now, don't you wish you can be your usual black self at work? Don't you wish you didn't have to defend every black person in public life that does something foolish? Kanye West loses his mind, goes on TMZ, says all that dumb shit, slavery's a choice and all that. Fucking people ask him, hey man, what's up with Kanye? Bitch, I don't know that nigga. I don't know. What the fuck is up with Kanye? I don't know. fuck you asking me for? Why didn't you ask fucking Taylor, Tucker, Bradley, or Brent about goddamn Kanye? Why are you asking me? Don't you wish, black people, that you didn't have to be the spokesman, the representative for the entire fucking race every time you went to work? Black people. The freedoms that people have fought for those freedoms ain't free homie granted like I said I probably would not have worn that Kunta Kente shirt but be clear the only negative thing they have to say about the workout is the shirt that homie wore So that tells me that he answered the questions. Can he play? Yeah. Does he want to play? Looks like it. Physically, he looks like he wants to play. Pause. You don't get the body that that nigga got by accident. When they couldn't come to some type of agreement with the waiver, he found a facility to still host his workout. And guess what? Teams made that trip around 285 to get there. And be clear, it ain't easy to get from where they were in Georgia to where they held the workout at in Georgia on a Saturday afternoon. It ain't, it, it ain't easy to do that. If you know what the traffic is like in Alana, goddamn, it ain't easy. So that tells me, yeah, homie might want to play. I think homie wants to play. 
Nobody's talking about that post-workout interview that adrenaline was probably pumping. And he, he name-dropping. Roger, you know, tell Roger Goodell, come see me. All 32 owners, tell them to come, tell them, tell them to quit hiding. Stop being scared. Ain't nobody talking about that. Yo, that tells me the workout went well. That tells me that the, the questions are answered. If the workout didn't go well, we wouldn't be hearing about the T-shirt that he wore before the workout. We wouldn't be hearing, you know, we would be hearing about him talking shit post-workout. We not though. Tells me the workout went well, quite frankly. Right. With that being said, it's official. Homie's never going to work in the NFL. Because, listen, the NFL only likes the type, they, they don't, and, and not just the NFL, America. United States of America don't like niggas like Connor Kaepernick. You feel me? They don't like niggas like Connor Kaepernick. They don't like niggas that, that the United States of America does not want confident Intelligent, independent black people. They don't want that. They don't want that. And yeah, I know that. You feel me? So. Why does Colin Kaepernick have to dilute himself to play in your league? When y'all allow all types of characters to play in your league, all types of people to play in your league. Sometimes we even reward these people, the more insane and shit that they act, the Richie Incognitos of the world. Now we arguing about whether or not some quarterback used a racial slur against a defensive lineman that caused or influenced this defensive lineman to hit homie in the head with, with his helmet. And Miles Garrett, bless his heart, 23-year-old young man, people are saying, oh, well, if he said that, then why didn't you, why didn't you say that sooner? Because he might be conscious enough to, 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 to know the ramifications that come with accusing a white man of calling him a racial slur in the workplace. Because when they asked him in the post-game interview, did he say anything to influence you? Miles Garrett didn't say no. And that's something key to remember. He didn't say no. He said, I don't want to talk about that right now. So he's thinking he's going in, into this appeal to speak with his employer. Or rather you know, the parent company that owns the subsidiary that he works for. And that this meeting was going to be private. Only to have the, sh the shit that he said in his meeting published publicly. Let that be a lesson to you. And not just a lesson to you, Miles Garrett, but a lesson to all of you. All of you guys who are labor. All of you guys who are not management. 
and and I'm not talking about you, you know, the assistant manager at your. I'm not talking about you. Ain't management, motherfucker. Man, y'all know what I mean when I say management. Ain't nothing private when it comes to us. Ain't nothing. Ain't 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 nothing confidential. Our medical records get leaked. Right? Testimonies and shit gets, you know, somehow it gets leaked. Right? All fucking week. They've been having people coming up talking about the president said this, president said that. We got proof. I was there. The president said this. He was on a cell phone and he was listening to this and so and so heard that and this, that, and the third. And we heard this and da 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 da. And all week they're going to talk about it. They're going to have people coming up talking about it. C-SPAN going to play this shit for 14 hours. They're going to stream it live. You're going to have the option of watching on your Twitter or on your company's Wi-Fi when you're supposed to be doing some work all week. And guess what's going to happen next week? Do it all over again. And guess what's going to happen the week after that? Do it all over again. Then we're going to go on break. And then we're going to go on break till February because that's how long Congress needs for a vacation. Then after this impeachment hearing, we're going to have a trial. We're going to have to do it all over again. That's the type of shit that happens to white criminals. Where, you know, we got the investigators investigating the investigations and, you know, we got to see what we're going to do because it ain't just really that simple. We got to, you know, the, the gears of the government grind slow and we got to make sure that, you know, everything is that type of shit. But we used to have characters in sports, yo. And we don't have characters in sports anymore. Right? And, and you know, I'm going to say, because I know I come out, I, I, I come on here, and I talk bad about the president. The president did something good. The president had to do something good. Um, because... It was a rough week for that nigga. Found out that, you know, Giuliani's son got a job in the White House making 90 grand a year as like a sports director or sports analyst or something. I didn't know they played sports in the White House. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, hey, good for him. Right? Um, the president comes out and he said, oh, look at this. Look at the, look at the correction. Published an hour ago, motherfucker. Oh man, you know, listen, I'm at the gym the other day trying to get, you know, what I'm saying some sets in, and um, I see a blurb come up. Yo, Apple opening a factory in Austin, Texas. I was like, holy shit, really? President Trump meeting with Tim Cook. I'm like, damn, really? Shit, I, you know, made a little note in my phone. Hey man, I, I'm gonna have to talk about this on the podcast. Hop on this motherfucker right now. Crack open the Google. First thing that come up, fact check. Trump falsely claimed he opened factory that has made Apple computers since 2013. God damn it. God damn it. Hey, listen, I was, I was, I was so ready to say something good about the president. I swear for, I swear for Joseph. I just learned this. I, I you know. <laughs> what a fucking joke. Listen, I, w- I, w- I had so much optimism, ladies and gentlemen. 
Some of you guys that may know me personally may know that how, how I feel about where labor is going in this country. And um, we ain't going to have no job. It, you know, so, 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 so homie ran on the fact that he's going to bring, and I might as well put my computer down because I ain't got shit to read. But homie said that he's going to bring warehouses and manufacturing and, and factories and shit back to the United States. Let me tell you, that will never, ever fucking happen. And the reason why that will never, ever fucking happen is because years, for years, for years now, decades now, we've been voting on this thing called a globalized economy. Globalized economy. We've got to globalize the economy. We've got to have partners and, and trade relations. And, and, and you know, we've got to have commerce in these other countries as we expand the empire of the United States. Globalized economy. Globalized economy. So what happened as a result of this globalized economy is that's a dog whistle to businesses all over the world, whereas if you're a corporation like Nike or Google or Dell or Apple or any other type of company like that, you can have offices and trademarks and shit all over the world where you can hide money and stash money in these tax havens like Jersey, not the state, but the island in Europe, uh, places like fucking Bermuda, very, very beautiful, Brandon, what up? All over the world, you can stash this money. Not only can you stash this money all over the world because the economy is globalized, but you can also hire workers and have production and have shit getting built all over the world also. That's why on everybody's iPhone, um, it says, designed in California, made in China. Because it's cheaper. And that's wonderful for corporations like Nike and Apple and Microsoft wonderful for these companies that they can ship their manufacturing over to China to Bangladesh to Vietnam and get these goods produced at a fraction of the cost that what it would be for American labor but they say shit ain't never coming back because we voted for this shit with Ronald Reagan never coming back ever and a little bit that does come back, as soon as they figure out a way to teach a robot how to do your job, guess what, bitch? You're gone. Everybody. I came in this motherfucker ready to say, to, to compliment the president. You know, yo, listen, if, if, if there's one thing you can say, Donald Trump is a motherfucking gangster. Because my question was, I wonder what all of these, you know, uh, outrage monsters are going to say about Tim Cook, an openly gay man, fraternizing and doing business with our president. I wonder if people are going to come down on Tim Cook the same way we came down on Ellen when she just happened to be at a football game sitting next to a former president. Right? Because that's where we are. If you agree with one thing, if, if you disagree with one thing about my life, you're a scumbag fucking slime ball from hell whom I can never listen to, nor do I want anything to do with you or anybody from your family. And I hope your grandmother's burning in hell as she gets ass raped by 12 Neanderthals. That's the, the, that's the wave that we're on as a society now. We can't just agree with anybody to, um, excuse me, we can't just disagree with anybody for the sake of disagreement. The fact, hey, wow, you got a different opinion about that. Well, I feel differently. So sorry, man, but nice talking to you. Wish you the best. Say hi to the family. We can't do that anymore. And I was willing to do that. I was willing to be a patriot and give 
the president of the country that I live in, a round of applause. Can't do that. Can't, can't, can't do that now. So I got two topics left. Um, but I'm only going to... Eh, well, fuck it. I'll, I, nah, let's do both, right? So let's go with the, um, the Epstein's guards. Jeffrey Epstein's guards were arrested. Jeffrey Epstein, if you've been living under a rock, is is probably the uh, biggest pedophile since fucking Caligula um, that had a suicide done to him in his prison cell. And it seems like, I'm reading here, according to the New York Post, written by Emily Saul, a Manhattan prison guard is willing to cooperate with a federal investigation into Jeffrey Epstein's death. Tova Noel did not make any efforts to blah, 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 blah. I'm not reading on that. Ms. Noel. Oh, this is a woman. Oh, no, sister. Is this her picture? Oh, they got a picture up there. Oh, shit. They're going to do the suicide to her, too. No, no, no. That's not it. They can't do that. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. But you know, this is this this has been a this has been a big deal. Um, we've had people, uh, uh, you know, on news sites, sources, and things like that. Tom Bot, Jeffrey Epstein didn't commit suicide. You know what I'm saying? As as, as a part of like a. a not really a goof or whatever, but you know, Jeffrey Epstein didn't commit suicide. I mean, shit. <laughs> what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? Uh, but ain't shit gonna happen. You feel me? Ain't shit gonna happen, right? Let's um, let's end this podcast talking about the male birth control shot, right? The male birth control shot reportedly passes clinical trials and could be available as early as 2020. Ladies rejoice. And this is written by Jasmine Ortiz. Ladies rejoice. Male birth control is coming sooner than you think. And it's intriguing that a woman wrote this because women love going huggy. Trials are over, including extended uh, blah blah blah. Phase three clinical trials, where 303 candidates were recruited with 97.3% success rate and no reported side effects. I'm gonna need more than 300 candidates before I shoot some fluid into my dick. I'm gonna just tell you that right now. I'm gonna say that right now. I'm gonna need a, a, a sample size a little bit bigger than 300 niggas. Before I shoot some fluid into my dick, that's gonna cut the stream off. Cause one reject, cause one rejection, yeah, rejection is right, motherfucker. One injection is effective for approximately thirteen years. This less invasive, this less invasive method to a vasectomy may appeal to men hesitant to go under the knife. The contraceptive is called reversible inhibition of sperm under guidance, Rysug. 
made up of a polymer that is injected into the tubes that carry sperm from the testicles known as the vas deferens. So far, there was no specific date um, as to when the procedure would be available to the public, but it could be seven months to get approvals from consumers in India. We got to, oh, this is some Indian shit? Oh, hell no. India is a shitty place. No offense to my Indian listeners and, and people that listen to the Hood Loves Me podcast that live, in, this, that live in, in, in that part of the world. Thank you, by the way. But India is a shitty fucking place. Literally. Like, there's... Because it's, there's too many people in India. And no wonder why this male birth control drug is being made in India. Because the motherfuckers are some baby-making motherfuckers. And it's crazy, too, because I can't fathom Indians having sex. It, I never, like, you know, you know where, where I live, if you live in New Jersey... If you live in um, the imaginary part of New Jersey, that is called Central Jersey. Personally, I feel like I live in South Jersey. Just don't tell the niggas that live near me. Um, But it's Indians everywhere. Indians and South Asians everywhere. And, you know, you you might see the little family walking or whatever with their little kids or whatever. You know, it might be, you you know, nice little family, nice little, you know, people. But I can't imagine them getting nasty. You feel what I'm saying? And, 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 you know, fellas, this might be something that you could relate to. <clears throat> when you are out socially or whatever, you might be running errands. You know what I'm saying? You might uh, be at Trader Joe's or whatever. You, you like, turn the corner and shit. You see a nice little soccer mom. Not, not someone that's too attractive or anything like that, but she might eye fuck you. She might look at you like, mm, yeah. Yeah, nigga, like fucking 15 years ago, nigga, I'd have sucked your dick from the back. You know what I'm saying? She might look at you a little, a little like, in, in a way, like, oh, you know what I'm saying? You might get that, like, oh, I was in court last night. Shit happened to me when I was in court. I guess, you know, Shorty was there to support her son or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm sitting behind. I'm, you know, nigga, Shorty, my paperwork and all that shit is straight. And she turned around and looked at me. And face forward, turn around, look at me again, gave me the double look. You know what I'm talking about? You know what that double look means when a motherfucker look at you twice. And I'm like, huh, bitch, you better chill out. Fuck around. You know what I'm saying? Fuck around. You know what I'm saying? But, 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 but you feel, I, I, Indian women, Indian people, not just Indian women, right? And, you know, uh, there's some nice looking. Young little Indian joints that go to Slutkers. I just, it just, it just don't, you know, but that's good though. That's good that they're investing in trying to regulate their population. If only they could work on some of their social issues. You know, like the abuse that Indian women encounter at the hands of their men. Not just the physical abuse, but, you know, well, I guess sexual abuse is physical abuse, but you know, not just the fact that they, you know, would whoop a woman's ass in the street, damn near beat a woman to death in the street. But, you know, they rape women and do all types of inappropriate things to human beings that go unchecked. And, and you know what I'm saying people judge American society, mainly black American society, 
but we never hold these other groups accountable for their misogyny, for their homophobia, for their transphobia. I want y'all to do me a favor and go on um, the State Department website and look at the travel advisories or the travel warnings to countries all over the world where the United States State Department doesn't feel like our gay brothers and sisters should go to. And then come back and talk to me about black people being homophobic, transphobic. Don't exist. Right? And a lot of these countries that are against gay people welcome pedophiles. And Jeffrey Epstein was going to tell on a lot of them. And the suicide was done to him. And I hope that this woman that got arrested because she allegedly fell asleep on the job, I hope that this woman doesn't have the suicide done to her either. And that's all I got for y'all. Again, if this is your first time listening to the Hood Loves Me podcast, subscribe, rate, and comment. And um, I'll talk to y'all next week. Probably going to come out early because uh, Thanksgiving. So I'm thinking maybe Wednesday night. Drop next week's episode Wednesday night. Hopefully a lot of good shit happens between now and then. Thanks for listening, y'all. I'll talk to you later. Yeet!